Kevin Perry and Johnny Snig here. I'm gloved up, and we're ready to chop it up. Boxing back on fire. Kevin, let's hit it. Let's get to it. What's good, Kev? Oh, not, nothing much. Just, uh, you know, the usual. We think we're going to start in five minutes and it takes us a half hour. <laughs> technology today, man. I tell you what, there's something going on in the universe with technology that's really, really crazy. And things are just not working. But we're here. We're making it work. And uh, real quick shout out, Gotti Ward, fight number one, 20-year anniversary today. Can you imagine that? That was 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. The Mortal Kombat mirror match. <laughs> the, what, what did the man you Stewart say? This might be the fun of the century. You know, uh, just what, what a great fight. Um, before we unpack uh, Canelo versus B-Ball, which is a lot to unpack there, and that's pretty much going to be, I think, the theme of the show, I want to shout out to the ladies, Serrano and Taylor, put on one hell of a fight recently uh, a potential candidate of fight of the year so shout out to Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano for putting on one hell of a performance and the promoters for making the best fight the best uh Kev did you see that fight uh, yes I did actually and um what's interesting about that one is I'm one of those people like uh I rarely ever buy uh pay-per-view uh, I haven't had the zone for the longest because I don't think the fights uh, that they've had have warranted the $20 price tag. Yeah. Um, but for that fight, I was like, you know what? I have a good feeling that this is going to be an excellent fight. So I ponied up uh, the 20 bucks. Uh, you came by the, the pad and uh, we watched that fight and that was excellent. Um, I thought uh, I thought Serrano pulled out the victory, but uh, Taylor definitely fought. She had heart of the champion. She was hurt. She was wobbled a couple times in the mid-rounds. And I think she swept the uh, judges' scorecards in the last three rounds. That's what gave her the victory. I don't know if I necessarily had it that way, but um, it was one of those bouts where um, I guess it was somewhat difficult to score because Serrano was doing most of her work in probably like a two- or three-round period, and Taylor maybe spread it out a little bit. Um, but the rounds that Serrano won – she won very decisively, and the rounds that Taylor won were probably like toss-up rounds. But for some reason or the other, they gave her uh, they gave her the, the victory. But um, great fight! I think there's going to be a rematch. Um, so yeah, so I was uh, very happy. Uh, Twenty dollars well spent. I'm probably going to dump this <laughs> own before the before the end of this month, so I don't have to pay another 20 bucks. There's really no big fights uh, that I see on the horizon that I'm really that interested in as far as the zone goes. Uh, yeah, and, I feel you. Thoughts, you got to hit it and quit it. <laughs> well, what were your thoughts uh, quickly on uh, the Serrano and Katie Taylor fight? I, I thought it was a very close fight. Both ladies fought their asses off. Uh, they looked tremendous. They looked apart. They looked world-class. They looked pound for pound. You know what? And to be honest, like, they shamed a lot of the male fighters in boxing, in my opinion, because they fought 
with a lot of aggressiveness. They took on the best were fighting the best. And they took on each other and they really went hard. And it was amazing to watch because the fight was so excellent and they put everything they have into it. And these ladies, um, I gotta say, like that's my fight of the year right now, man. Like, I'm not gonna lie. And it's not because I know Amanda on a personal level or whatever, but I know she gives everything to the sport of boxing, like her heart and soul into the sport of boxing. And Katie Taylor, she went through a lot of adversity, but she made the adjustments, you know, during the fight to, I believe, pull it out. It was close. It was close, but the adjustments were made. Speaking of adjustments, oh, man, let's talk about Canelo versus Bivol. Or yeah. what I should say, Bivol versus Canelo because he was the champ. Speaking you know, it still is uh, a champ. Lack, lack of adjustments, I think, is what you meant to say. Yeah, lack. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, Canelo – all right, let's get right to it. I had to fight seven to five, okay, in, in favor of Bivol. Very – a lot closer than a lot of people think. Like, a lot of people shit on Canelo, but I, I thought he, he didn't do bad. He just – the guy's bigger. He didn't really – Canelo didn't have a game plan, in my opinion. So, like you said, you know, adjustments. He never made an adjustment. Uh, Bivol had a game plan, a beautiful jab. And just for me, um, going into that fight, you know, Bivol now stands at 20 and 0. And I, I just, I felt like this guy's unbeaten. He's big. He's a very good boxer. People have been like, he's been out the ring for a minute. Yeah, he's good though. And Canelo, like, he goes through all these weight classes, and he's not getting any younger. Yeah. And that that's true. And and the thing is, he's not getting any younger. So I thought he was going to have a lot of problems. I didn't think that Bivol was going to win a decision. So I'm not going to sit here and toot my own horn. I thought if he was going to do it, it'd be KO. People would be like, he got a low knockout percentage. But I'm like, if he's going to win, it's got to be by knockout because the judges yeah. aren't going to get it right. The thing is, John, just for me to add there um, yeah. about, about the knockout percentage, um, he he has like a, a low knockout percentage. Um, but part of that's just like his mentality of like how he fights. He's kind of more safety first. He can punch. Um, but I think if he was a little bit more aggressive, he'd probably have, you know, more knockouts. But I, I think... Um, when he sees he's kind of built a lead, he just kind of stays within himself. He doesn't take unnecessary chances to give uh, his opponent, you know, a chance to land a, a lucky shot. Um, so I think that's kind of a little bit more has to do with why he why he hasn't scored a knockout in his last few fights. I don't even think it's necessarily been the level of opposition because his opposition's been pretty B-level, C-level for the most part besides... Uh, Joe Smith and maybe one, maybe one other uh, fighter you could maybe mix in there, um, but yeah, I mean he's. I, I think it's uh, this fight was the case of um, Canelo has what 50, 50 something fights. Yeah, and well, I think fight, sixty. If you fight enough times, you're gonna lose eventually. So um, oh, and absolutely. If, and if, especially if you just keep if you move up and wait, eventually you're gonna find a guy that kind of. You know, hazard number. Um, in this instance, it was an opponent who um, came out with a perfect game plan. He stuck to the game, game plan. plan. Yep. And he was a fighter who 
you know, he didn't have a whole lot of fights, so he didn't have a lot of wear and tear on him. And he had a, a very solid amateur background, and he kind of stuck to the basics for the most part. Didn't really, uh, you know, do anything stupid. But, I mean, mostly that's kind of the normal fight that he fights. I mean, I, I think if you were Canelo going in there, I think you should have expected that. Um, but for the most part, I just saw that Canelo basically, um, there, there was no sense of urgency. He, di he didn't. He was only in one gear, and I, I think that's really what hurt him a lot. And um, I think after a while, I think the weight did probably affect him quite a bit. So. Oh, I agree. And it was like, you know, he was in, like, one lane, like, literally just standing in front of Bivol all night long, like, no lateral movement. Now, I was going to ask you, Kev, and it's funny that you mentioned all these great points that you just made. Do you think that Canelo had an off night or Bivol was just that good or a combination of both? Um, well, okay, oh. Here, here's an <laughs> interesting development. I'll, I'll just bring this in. So I think this will give you a little giggle. So um, I'm going to basically kind of ask you the question if you think this had something to do with. Uh, Are we going to Clembuterol? <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna go there. Um, let's see. Uh, I can only imagine what you're gonna pull up right now. One second. So, yeah. Just gonna share my screen here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got you, bro. Um, okay, here, here we yeah. go. So, this is a, a development on boxing scene. So, according to a story with uh, Oscar De La Hoya. Um, Canelo was doing too much golf. So uh, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Golf is relaxing. So we're gonna read. We're gonna read a. Uh, I'm gonna read a couple quotes here um, from Oscar. Um, and this, oh, is, this is in regards to how much golf Canelo plays. So he said, "What I saw, I see everything." Canelo has been playing a lot of golf. Said De La Hoya. Um, actually, let me shout out who the. The writer of the article is who did the interview, uh, Ma Manuik Akopian. Um, he's Akopian, uh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's a writer with BoxingScene.com. Uh, um, he said, what I saw and I see everything, Canelo has been playing a lot of golf, said De La Hoya. From experience, I used to play a lot of golf in between fights and in between training camps. It takes a lot out of you. Yeah, you're out there for six hours. You're standing, your legs are weak, and you're focused. A fighter needs to be focused. Yeah, you're back. Uh, everything. Yeah, you're back. Everything with your body. Go back to the drawing bar, board. That's it. Golf, you can play when you're 90 years old. Go back to the basics. Um, also, what uh, what De La Hoya stated uh, in the article, and I'll just par kind of paraphrase it. Um, what De La Hoya was referring to also was that Canelo. Uh, he plays golf like during training camp and apparently he golfs about six days a week while he's in training. So does that have anything? Could you get, attribute that to, um, that's a lot of golfing. I didn't realize it was that excessive. Like I said, golfing is relaxing. The way I golf is I have beer and I don't care and I just play and I do it every once in a while, but it can be a very frustrating sport. You know, you golf, I golf. And uh, we know the frustrations. Well, that, 
we don't golf well. We ride dirty, you know, on the golf courses. I have stories I can share with people. The first time we went out, that was the best, man. We were riding dirty. I'm driving on the greens. Everything's bad. We just didn't belong. But we kind of got a little bit more civilized. Yeah. So, so was that a contributing factor? Let's just do a yes or no. Or is that a maybe? I'll, get, I'll let you do a maybe. I'm going to say maybe because of distraction like if that's what he's doing now like delahoya actually said something very intelligent there that you read it's like if you're gonna box you gotta be you know very focused on what the boxing is and especially in between camps and doing all that canelo and again i don't want to shit on him because i i give him props um all the things that he wanted to do in boxing but you can't just rely on, okay, yeah, I'm great. Yeah, he is great. And he's still a pound for pounder. Yes, he's great. But the thing is that you got to, in my opinion, if you're going to fight at th this level and change weight classes, you know, you could have your distractions when, you know, you're not in camp. You know, you could hang out with your lady, go out, have some drinks, whatever. Go gamble, blow off some steam. These guys deserve it. But... If you're in camp and your distractions are like, hey, I'd rather golf than go train, that's a problem. You know, uh, everything, you know, should just be done in the sport of boxing when you're in camp focused to the sport of boxing. Like, look at Mayweather. You know, we all know I love Floyd to death. Has he ever wavered? Has he ever, you know, disappointed, like, in terms of, like, not being training and you know, you know, he's disappointed people because they didn't get what they wanted when they saw him fight. But he always stayed in shape. He's always in camp. And just recently, he is as well. And the thing is that I know his fight got canceled. He was going to fight someone, whatever. You know, Floyd got to make his money, and he's that's why he's money Mayweather. Um, one thing I want to bring up, Kev, before we move on about the B-Wall fight, the aftermath, better BF or Gliberto Ramirez, which one would you prefer as an opponent for B-Ball? Um, I'll take either one. I mean, I, I, <laughs> exactly. I, be honest with you. Um, at this point, I'd probably, I'd rather see uh, Gilberto Ramirez, just just because I think um, I, I think that fight is more easier to make. Right. Um, and I think Gilberto Ramirez has yet to face, like, really a, a world-class level opponent. And I, I think he definitely deserves a shot. I, I think it's uh, the biggest fight for at least the heavyweight guys they have on the zone. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely like to, I'd like to see uh, how, you know, um, Ramirez stacks up at the world-class level. Because, I mean, he seems to be a world-class fighter, but until he fights one of the top guys, uh, he's just kind of a little bit of a question mark to me, but... He's got really good, uh, pretty good skills. He's a big guy. Uh, he can punch a little bit. Uh, he's he's very busy, so he definitely could give uh, Bivol a lot of issues. He seems like he's a naturally bigger, stronger guy um, than Bivol. And actually, he's he's going to be fighting tomorrow. Yeah, um, he fights tomorrow. I was going to mention that. Yep. Interesting to see, um, you know, how he does. Uh, he's he's definitely uh, pretty heavily favored tomorrow. So. I definitely want to see um, if he can make a statement and then have people start talking about um, 
a potential fight between him and Bivol because I, uh, I I don't see Canelo um, rematching Bivol, at least not right away. I wouldn't advise it. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So um, that being said, uh, let, let's let's move on, John. Um, I, I think as far as Bivol and Canelo, I think we've said all that. Everything that's been said about the fight. Yeah, it's already been out there. I want to just uh, one more remark about Ramirez. He's on our radar. So let's talk some Charlo, 34-1. By the way, one of the most underrated nicknames in boxing, Iron Man. That's, that's an amazing nickname. Why does no one refer to him as the Iron Man? Uh, again, only, you know, one loss on his record. He's taken on a very, very good opponent that's unbeaten. This is a rematch, and it's in San Antonio. I believe it's in San Antonio, right, Texas? And uh, this should be a good one, Kev. I'm looking forward to this. What do you think? Oh, yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, the first fight was great, so... Mm -hmm. I definitely, uh, I, I, I favor, well, I mean, this is tough, but I, I just favor Charlo because Charlo is the better, he's a better athlete, he's the harder puncher, and I think he can make more adjustments. Castaño, um, I guess it's pretty much what I've been hearing from a lot of people, and, and I kind of agree with a lot of people's assessments that I've been kind of seeing around. Um is that Castaño can only kind of fight one way. I mean, he comes forward, uh, he's aggressive, he's tough. De decent puncher, pretty good defensively for, for a come-forward fighter. He's not all that easy to really get through his guard. Um, but I, I, I saw some stuff that Charlo was doing in the last fight, uh, laying on the ropes a little bit too much, yep. uh, not being busy enough. Um, but but I, I think the thing with Charlo is – Charlo is a little bit conflicted between being a puncher and a boxer. And because he's had so many spectacular knockouts, I think sometimes he he kind of reverts and falls a little bit too in love with his power. Like in the, um, I believe in the second round of the last fight, he had, he had Castaño hurt pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And then he got into a mode where he wasn't really being busy enough. And, and I think um, that really cost him rounds. You know, he's had many fights where, He's been, um, even the fight against Tony Harrison, he f lost that first fight. Yeah. Um, rematch, the fight was pretty close until Charlo wound up knocking him out um, when Charlo won the title. I'm trying to remember who he fought. Uh, <clears throat> I think it was Julian Jackson's son, John Jackson. Yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. Uh, he was getting out in that fight and then knocked that guy out. So his powers build him out a lot, even in that fight. Yeah, he's strong. He's strong. Yeah, so he had yeah. two rounds where he really had Castaño rocked pretty bad. So, yeah, I, he's just he's coming into his own. You know, like as he develops his career, I believe that Charlo is going to be uh, a very great fighter. You know, like uh, he's already excellent. And the thing is, you, you find your own, and the better experience, in my opinion, watching this sport as detailed as we both do is that when you take on better opposition, you get better. Look what happened to Canelo when he faced Mayweather. It made him so much better. It made him an excellent fighter. So I got to ask, you know, does Kevin care? There's another fight tomorrow that a lot of people are not talking about. Kovalov is back. Does Kevin care? 
uh, about Kovala? Yeah, he's back tomorrow. Who's, who's he fighting? I have no idea. All right. I <laughs> oh yeah, that that's a. I think that's a thriller. Fight. It's a thriller. The only thing I care about is Snoop Dogg if he's on the mic because he's the best. <laughs> that's the only, thing. only reason why I'd watch. Thriller's reputation has just kind of went pretty much down the tube. So um, the fact the fact that they're having Kovalov. Okay. Yeah. Um, who is he fighting? Let's pull it up on BoxRec. Hold on. Let me see what's going on here. Dude, the, the fuck is going on? I got to use the word. All right. So I saw like a, a quick promo and on my Instagram. I'm like, what? Is this is this really happening? You know, nothing against Kovalov, but it's just like, I don't I know. Mean, it's, it's, is this fight even worth worth discussing? Okay, well, well, well I'll, I'll, that's I'll, why I asked. Does Kevin care? <laughs> since he asked me, so all right, what do we got? Sergey Kovalov uh, hasn't fought since 2019 when he got stopped against Saul Alvarez. It's yep. 2022, he's fighting Turville Pulev. He's the younger brother of Kubak Pulev, and he's 16 and 0. Um, don't know anything about this guy at all. No, uh, I know. And that's why I couldn't remember the name. Kovalov, but now I, I know Pulev, of course, the heavyweight. Kovalov yeah. But this is a different guy. So, I mean, it's... I mean, this this guy ha doesn't really have much of a resume. Um, does have, I guess you could say he has some pedigree. His brother's a pretty decent heavyweight. Oh, yeah, decent. Yeah, Pulev's good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I try not to shit on anyone that does boxing, but did you ever see the movie Major League, the first one? And then all, like, the construction workers are hanging out, and they read the lineup for, like, the baseball season for, at that time, the Cleveland Indians. And they're like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> that's, that's that's what this is. Yeah, this, this fight is actually, it's a, it's a pretty dangerous fight. Um, oh, the guy's unbeaten, Pulev. I, 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 I've never seen him box, but he's unbeaten. That says something. It's a dangerous fight because Kovalov hasn't fought since 2019. And the last time he fought, he got knocked out hard. And the fight yeah. before he, before that against Anthony Yard, he almost got knocked out. And yeah, that's right. Anthony, that was, I forgot about that one, yeah. And kind of got, well, Anthony Yard pretty much got knocked out because... Because of his lack of conditioning and his yeah. lack of experience at the at the world class level, um, so that being said, uh, you have anything else you want to ask me about? Uh... Nah, I, I think we unpacked everything great. We got a good weekend up. I just want to say this for our listeners' final thoughts: is that boxing is back. We got some good fights coming up. We got a rematch with Usek and Joshua coming up. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, we'll see. You know what Joshua's really made of. I mean, and, and after actually, um, yeah, I mean that's that's a good fight. I mean, but that's that's how how long down the road? That's two months away from now. Yeah, two months. That's in July, I believe. Okay. But yeah. I mean, I'm I'm so excited for it, and the reason why is that I always like Joshua, and it, it's like I never write a fighter, you know, off after a loss or two or three because. You know, I mean, boxing's hard, but I, I give him all the respect in the world. He's showing courage to come back to Usek, try it again, 
and we'll see what we get. And I, th- I think, but I hate to say this, it's a make-or-break fight for Joshua. If he gets stopped again here, they yeah. really got to reconsider what his career path is because, you know, he's been in some really – I give him credit. He's been in tough fights, man. He fought tough guys. Yeah. You know, I, he's really never ducked anyone. Uh, you know, a lot of people will say the Tyson Fury thing. I think the Tyson Fury thing didn't happen just because Joshua lost a couple here and there. Yeah. I think if he had the momentum and the winning streak that – that that fight could have came off, you know, but I still, what about, could, see, I could still see it happening regardless of yeah. whether he beats Usyk or not, because Usyk's just not a big name. Um, no, not at all. Not a household. No. To the table, but still in, in England, I mean, if he can get 93,000 people to go see him fight Dylan White, he can get easily that. With That's that. a great point. That is a very strong point. Yeah. So, I mean, Dylan White is, you know, a domestic. I mean, I wouldn't say he's a domestic level fighter, but he's one of the top domestic level fighters uh, from England. And, but he's not a worldwide, I guess you could say, superstar type of fighter like Joshua is. Um, right. So, yeah. So, I, th- I think regardless, this is like a situation where, um, you know, like when Manny Pacquiao got knocked out against Juan Manuel Marquez in that last fight. He ain't going to get up, Jim. Yeah, they, they still did, <laughs> they still did uh, four million plus buys for the for him and Mayweather after that vicious <laughs> knockout. So I, I, I don't see the luster on that fight going away. Uh, that, w- that was one of the best calls. Like, I mean, down goes Frazier is a big one, obviously. But... He ain't gonna get up, Jim. He ain't gonna get up, Jim. <laughs> like when Roy yeah, was, was firing that, that Roy saying that or what? Was that Roy Bones? That was Roy. Yeah. yeah. He ain't getting up, Jim. He ain't getting up. <laughs> like you felt it, and you feel his excitement. If you ever watch a fight next to Roy Jones, which I've had the privilege of doing, he is so into the shit, man. Like he is so dialed in. He loves boxing. Like, even if he's like, okay, so when he was working HBO, he, you know, they usually have like two to three fights, all right? Roy comes out at the very first fight, watches every single one. Like, he's, that's just who he is, man. He, he loves his boxing. And we love boxing, Kev. Great yeah. show. And uh, it'll be on many one, platforms. One one quick thing before we go. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of brought up some upcoming fights. Um, here's one I'm kind of looking forward to. I'm not going to buy it, though, unfortunately. Um, so I'm going to figure out. I don't know how I'm going to watch it. But um, Which one is this? Devonta Davis versus. Oh, good one. Yeah. yeah. That is on the 28th of uh, this month. Pretty interesting fight. Uh, they're both undefeated. Yep. Um, Romero's 14 and 0, but he, he talks a good game. I mean, he's, he's a good talker. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give him credit for that. Um, I, I think this fight is going to be, uh, I think it's going to do pretty well. I think so too. And, you know, you got always got the big buzz when you got guys that are undefeated. And this fight in particular is going to generate that kind of buzz because, especially for diehards like me and you, man. Um, it might even, you know, bring in the, the casuals or people. Well, I, I definitely think it's going to bring um, yeah casual in there because exactly. Davis is he's kind of uh, he's pretty popular with I guess you could say how uh, the the urban community. 
uh, to a certain extent. You know, um, I've seen him. He, he had an interview, uh, I think, a couple years ago on uh, uh, DJ Vlad or Vlad or Vlad. TV. I saw that one. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it's I watched it. Yeah, pretty popular uh, YouTube channel. Very, very big. Yeah, very big. So um, he's kind of this generation's version of Adrian Broner, but with probably more talent and a little I was going to say way more talent. <laughs> I don't know if I would say way more talent, but he seems like his he's got his head a little bit more straight. That's that what makes. I'm saying. He's not going to be okay, um not a waste of talent. You know, yeah. like Adrian Bronner had great talent, but I think he wasted his talent. Yeah. I think for Bronner he wasted his talent. He he could have been so much. Dude, he was remember when he was coming up Bronner, he was so good. Yeah. Like you know, and he just started feeling himself too much, leaking sex tapes, like no judgment, but you know, like he just got distracted. I think part of that too was because uh, he wasn't keeping his weight under control. Mm-hmm. Once he kind of got up to uh, like near Walter weight, that's when you saw that, you know, some of the advantages that he had. Um, yeah. You started to see him bloom, you know. Yeah. But anyway, um, I, yep, I know Kev. Got, I know you got some stuff to do, John. So, um, but yep. these are topics uh, we, we should definitely uh, revisit uh, in the near future. Hopefully, we can start doing some more shows. But I'm really glad we got back back on today. And uh, oh, hell yeah, great, great time, man! It'll be on iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you want to hear pods, and also on Kevin's channel, of course. Kevin, plug your channel, please. Yeah, uh, Platinum Fights YouTube channel. Haven't posted anything all year, so I need to kind of get back on the ball. But Yeah, I'd say get on that shit. <laughs> I'm probably going to upload it sometime, and then we're going to get back on the podcast. Um, yes. Hopefully we can get some of these other guests we've been wanting to get through that, <coughs> excuse me, that we haven't uh, been able to get on the show. Um, I want to bring on Clarissa Shields. Uh, she's someone... Kev, like before we go, she's like one of the most engaging people I've ever met. Like that's a bold statement, not because she's an athlete and a superstar. Like she is just a darling. And uh, I know she was traveling. She went out to the fight with, Sir, uh, you know, to watch Serrano and Taylor. A nicer person you will never meet. She is just a sweetheart, you know. And uh, I'm looking forward to she's definitely one of the big ones I want to bring on because when you get, when you catch her vibe, dude, you're going to feel, I'm getting goosebumps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, she's yeah, she's wonderful, man. She's uh, wonderful. Let's definitely try to hook, hook that up. And uh... yeah, yeah. I'll reach out to her today. As a matter of fact. So great. Uh, good stuff. Uh, hopefully we'll see you guys soon. And uh, KO nation, baby. <laughs> <laughs>